You're listening to the Grace in Truth podcast. Today's message comes from a study on the book of Daniel taught at Oak Ridge Baptist Church by the pastoral intern, Dominic Mauer. Heil Hitler. Imagine if the governor of Texas came in and told you all that before every service, you had to utter those two words. Would you? Remember, sticks and stones break bones, but words are just words. What if he also said, um, you must do the, their salute every time Jesus' name was mentioned at the service? Would you? It's just a, a body movement, right? Just act like you're... Um, Raising your hand or um, giving someone a high five. What if he um, said that at the end of every service, you must give the oath, the military oath? Would you? Now, it's easy for us in the 21st century as Americans to say um, that we truly believe we know how we would answer those questions. But less than a hundred years ago, the Protestant church in Germany was torn apart because of those decisions, those controversial decisions. I mean, after all, God put Hitler at the helm of that country. And doesn't the Bible tell us to obey the government? Romans... um, Paul writes, the authorities that exist have been established by God. He also says, everyone must submit himself uh, to governing authorities. So not only would obeying those things make you a a good patriot, but also an obedient Christian. Right? The leader of the Hitler Youth which was the organization that they would um, train and educate the youth males how to be uh, strong and smart, submissive Nazis. That leader, he said, he put it this way, um, if you serve our Führer, Adolf Hitler, then you serve Germany. And if you serve Germany, you serve God. Seems legit, kind of. But what if I told you that that same man also said, and I quote, Jesus Christ has come to us through Adolf Hitler. Our one task is to be German, not to be Christian. Hitler is our hero. Hitler is our savior. End quote. Two German youths, uh, brother and sister, um, named Scholl, they heard those blasphemes and they decided to stand up against uh, Nazi socialism by creating the White Rose Group. 
And the group um, was dedicated to passive resistance against the Nazis' um, barbaric atrocities. What they would do is they would take leaflets and letters and they would leave them in phone booths or pass them out at college so that people would understand what was happening. And a few years into World War II, um, Sophie had an opportunity to trade her life. She had a second chance at life. The person who was interrogating her said, if you just tell us that your brother forced you to do this, if you just tell us that he's the mastermind behind all these things, then we'll let you live. But Sophie, raised in a Lutheran household, um, decided not to lie and not to uh, turn her brother in. Instead, at the age of 21 years old, she calmly and courageously approached the guillotine. Her last words were, how can we expect righteousness to prevail when there is hardly anyone willing to give himself up individually to a righteous cause? She says, such a fine, sunny day, and I have to go. But what does my death matter if through us thousands of people are awakened and stirred to action? People like Hans and Sophie Scholl, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, countless other German Christians who uh, decided to stand up against Hitler and his cronies, they understood the biblical hierarchy of authority. Yes, um, this man is your commander-in-chief, but God is the commander. God is the chief. God alone is the ultimate authority. There are three exceptions of civil disobedience in the Bible. The first is if the government instructs you to do something immoral, like murder, for example. Remember in Exodus, uh, when Pharaoh tells the, um, the midwives, Shifra and Puah, to... Uh, slaughter every baby born to the Hebrews that was a boy. And Moses writes in that account uh, that she disobeyed Pharaoh because she feared God. Another um, exception of civil disobedience in the Bible is um, if the government instructs you to um, not preach the gospel, to, to muzzle Right? To muzzle the proclaiming of the gospel. To keep silent. And that's Acts 4 and 5. Um, Peter and the apostles were arrested and an angel of the Lord let them out. And then they went right to the temple and started preaching the gospel. And the chief priests and, and, and the court, they came and they said, didn't we tell you not to do this? 
And Peter said, we, we must obey God rather than man. And um, another exception, the last exception, um, civil disobedience, not the last example, but the last, they all fall in those three. The last is um, false worship. So I too was asked today if, <laughs> is this today the three get thrown into the fire? And, and I too have the same answer, No. Because the fire is not the important part of this chapter. The furnace actually was not their fiery trial. (laughs) Thou shalt have no other gods before me. When we left off last week, um, Nebuchadnezzar had um, erected his gold nine-story statue or image and he made his decree that when the music plays everyone bow everyone worship and the music played and everyone bowed everyone worshiped it was a powerful display of national solidarity except it wasn't because everyone didn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had all agreed this was a line we will not cross. And this is a mountain we are prepared to die on. If you are able, please stand as we read Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 8. And as we're reading this, I I want us to try and pay attention to the two strands of faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, display in this account. One is the obedience to God's sovereign commands. And the other is their trust in God's sovereign will. Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 8. And as we read, we pray our hearts be opened. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down in worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Well, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in a furious rage commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, 
pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well, and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Father, we thank you. Well, we simply thank you. For without you, we are nothing. Father, we ask that you open our minds and our hearts to receive your word. Help us understand. Father, what we have not, please give us. What we are not, please make us. And what we know not, please teach us. In Christ's name, all God's people said. Amen, amen and amen. I don't know if any of you have played that game, Two Truths and a Lie. I think it's a game to get to know people, I think. But, um, so the Chaldeans uh, come to Nebuchadnezzar with two truths and a lie. They say, Nebuchadnezzar, those three Jews, they don't respect, actually the New English translation says they don't properly respect you. So they don't properly respect you. They do not serve your gods. And they do not worship the image. Where is the lie? Of course they respected King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Jeremiah in the 27th chapter, he, he, he talks about, he tells Jeremiah to put on the yoke because uh, Nebuchadnezzar was uh, created for this purpose. Again, God put Nebuchadnezzar there. He said, Nebuchadnezzar and his son and his son's son. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that. And they respected him. We don't know how long they worked for him. But if you go back to chapter 1, they're referred to as the three youths. Or the four youths, if you include Daniel. They're, they're youths. Now, in the 12th verse here at the very end, these men, O king, pay no attention to you. So they've been there for a little bit. Whether it was huh, a year or four or... I, but they've been there. They've worked underneath him for long enough for him to know that they respect him. He actually bypasses that part when he calls them in. He doesn't even ask them if that part is true. But we, there's some kind of... Um, the Bible says here that they maliciously... Malicious, that word is to sink their teeth into them. A softer... Uh, English idiom would be to chew them out. So there's some kind of tension there. And they run to Nebuchadnezzar uh, and they tell him, uh, these guys, uh, they're not doing what you told them to do. 
And Nebuchadnezzar um, gets furious. So just picture, he's, he's having this, this glorious moment where he's trying to get his, his kingdom all together. He wants it all to be one huge, uh, giant, awesome family. And then he hears that there's three that are not doing what he has as the king, as the king, what I tell you to do. You... And so now he's furious. In fury and rage, the Hebrew is. But notice um, the way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are here after he asks them these questions. He says, um, is it true that you don't bow down, uh, you don't serve my gods, and you don't um, worship the image? He doesn't even ask about uh, respecting him. Is it true? He doesn't even give them enough time to answer. He just says, is it true? Well, if, if so, well, if the music plays, when I play it again, uh, you got another chance. Bow down uh, and work. Uh, come on, guys, just bow down. Just do it. Nebuchadnezzar is not saying that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have to uh, no longer worship Yahweh. They're not saying you need to deny Yahweh. He's saying, um, but also worship my gods. Who is the God that will save you out of my hands? Remember, in chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, he hears the dream interpreted by Daniel, and he's, man, this is, he is God of gods and, and, and king of, man, this guy is. But now he simply says, and what God can save you from my, maybe he can interpret your dreams, but how is he going to save you from my hands? And we know that Nebuchadnezzar, he, he conquered, he took Jerusalem. That's how they're there. And so they weren't there when I, uh, your God didn't save you from me when I came and, and took you. What makes you think he's going to save you now? Nebuchadnezzar, is, is, he's, he's, he has faith in himself. So his emotions are all over the place. As soon as his throne is threatened, as soon as his respect is, is, is spat on, he freaks out. But look how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respond in verse 16. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They're just calm, cool, and collected. The tension there, you've got one guy who has faith in himself and his gods. And then you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His faith in the sovereign one. And they're just, they're cool. And I'm reminded of um, chapter 2 when Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, we start to think that maybe he's starting to come to faith, right? Maybe he's starting to. He bows down. He says, man, this, this God is God of gods. He's king of kings. Man, this guy is, but those are just words, and so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we don't have words for you. We're going to show you. Instead of words, they use action. Submissive, respectful, nonviolent action. John Knox, um, the great Scottish reformer, uh, was known to openly rebuke um, 
Queen Mary of Scots. And one time he was uh, rebuking her for her sinful lifestyle, right out in, in, in the open, right, right in the palace with plenty of people there. And as he was leaving, uh, one of the staff of the palace said, how are you so, are you not afraid of her? Why would you say those things to you? Are you not afraid of her? John Knox says, why would I fear a queen when I have spent the morning on my knees before the king of kings? So we have to keep that in mind. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are cut from the same cloth as Daniel. They know the sovereign God. They have faith in the sovereign God. And so they respond in 17 and 18 with assurance, confidence, and submission. Assurance that God is able to save them from the fire. The confidence that He will save them from His hands. But then they submit to God's will, acknowledging that God's will is more important than my desires. I want to live. Of course I want to live. But your will I want your will more. I'm reminded of Jesus at Gethsemane. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I just love looking at this picture of Nebuchadnezzar (laughs) freaking out, thinking he's really in control of the show. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, from the text, we've got no, um, we don't know if they were nervous or afraid, but they sure didn't act like it per their speech, what they said. We have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will not deliver us out of your hand, O King. And He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But if not, be it known to you, O King. See the respect? O King, O King, O King. We will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. You do whatever you have to do. But we will not bow down to your image. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, did not bend at the knee. They did not bow to the image. And they did not break their allegiance with God. This was the trial. Not the furnace. This is the hinge. This is where it all opens up. The government had instructed him to uh, falsely worship. And they said, No, sir. And so then they get a second chance. It's one thing when you're in a big group of us, right? We're in a big group of us. No, not going to do it. But then it's a one-on-one, right? Like Sophie. She no longer has her brothers and her cousins around her. No more men. It's just her, a woman, with this Nazi interrogator there. And he says, you know what, little girl? I know you're afraid. And I'll give you your life back if you just... So now now there's no longer just this big group of... They're just one-on-one with the king. 
and they still stand on those ten toes. No. That's the trial by faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bend, they did not break, they did not bow. The two um, midwives, they drew the line at murder. Uh, Peter and the apostles, they drew their line at muzzling the gospel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they drew the line at false worship. There was a line drawn in the sand. We will not cross this line. We will do this and we will do that, and we will, but we will not cross this line. And so I ask you, brethren, where do you draw your line? I have a confession. Um, until I read this text and studied it and just spent time with it, um, I didn't wear my seatbelt. And I know it sounds silly, but I didn't wear my seatbelt because who are you to tell me that I have to wear a seatbelt? I mean, you're going to tell me I have to pay you for my safety? Why not write me a ticket when I go to McDonald's? And, I, and I'm reading this, and I'm thinking to myself, how selfish are you, DM? It's a seatbelt, and it doesn't go against any of the things in the Bible. It doesn't go against um, any of those things that um, go against God's commandments. And so I ask you, brethren, where do you draw your line? If the governor of Texas walked in today, well, rolled in today, and he said to you, in order to worship, you all must wear a paper mask, would you? What if he also said, um, in order to worship, hear me, you have to turn in all of your firearms. Would you? Okay, and then he says, okay, you, can, you don't have to wear the mask and you can keep your guns, but you got to worship me. Would you? Where do you draw the line, brethren? Do you value the second amendment more than the first commandment? Huh. What if I told you you don't get to draw the line? What if I told you God already has? Thank you for listening to the Grace and Truth podcast. We hope your mind has been engaged and your heart has been encouraged by God's word.